Hello, and welcome to I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics. I'm Dr. Jeannie Safer. This week's show is a little different than normal. In previous episodes, I've had a couple come into my office. They sit on the couch, and we talk through their worst political fight. We learn how they dealt with this conflict and what they learned. Today, there's only one person sitting across from me. Because if we were to invite everyone that picked a fight with him, I'd need a much bigger office. He's the host of a podcast where he calls up people that insult him on the internet and has a conversation about it. It's an extraordinary show. His name is Dylan. I think of what he does as radical empathy. And though he does it with strangers, I believe it has profound relevance to dealing with personal relationships as well. My name is Dylan Marin, and I am the host, creator, and producer of Conversations with People Who Hate Me, a show where I call up some of the people who wrote negative things to or about me on the internet, and I also moderate conversations between strangers who clashed with each other online. I, for a long time, was making videos on the internet, and these videos were talking about social issues in a transparently left-leaning way. My name is Dylan Marin, and welcome back to Sitting in Bathrooms with Trans People. Here is my guide on how to protest as a person of color. Hey, I'm Dylan Marin, and I am here to shut down some bullshit about autism. Transphobia. White feminism. Start the countdown to the apocalypse. I'm unboxing Trump's America. And when those videos became popular, as they went more and more viral, I started getting a lot of hate. I was receiving this through the internet, and I was receiving a lot of it through social media. So I was often able to click on the profile pictures of the people who sent them, and I could learn everything about them. And I was realizing that there were humans on the other side of the screen. Seeing so many different people come into my inbox, comment in my comment sections. And the first call I had was with a guy named Josh, who was a high schooler who had written to tell me I was a moron. And hearing the full three-dimensional of humanity of, of him was so fascinating. And other people who had written negative things to me were interested in doing that as well. And now, Dylan joins me in my office. Dylan, thanks so much for joining oh my us. God, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm really thrilled to, to talk to you about this. I know, this. this is exciting. It's very interesting because it speaks to me so much, and yet there are interesting differences, and I want to hear how you feel about these things. I know mm -hmm. how I feel about mm -hmm. them when, you know, when I hear, when I've been interviewing all these people, and I see how their differences are driving them crazy. Mm. And sometimes I have a very strong opinion that one of them is right and the other one mm. is wrong. Mm. You know, so we're very much affected by how we deal with other people. A lot of the worst fights that I saw, I yeah. mean, the unspeakable ones, yeah. were family members. Well, I think, that, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the the... the what what you say with familiarity or to someone who is familiar is really interesting. But I think what I'm mainly concerned with is the way 
we speak to each other online and the way humans speak online and, and an important caveat about the title and the word hate in the title mm-hmm. is that the hate has actually never been literal. Um, none of my guests have ever hated me. Um, some of them have actually very strongly bristled at that word. Some people that I've tried to get on the show didn't come on the show because of that word. And Well, if you write some of the stuff that people write to you, yeah. what would you call it? Well, that's the thing. And, and what I kind of explain to them and whenever I'm talking about why I stand by that title is the psychology of what happens when you're reading these things on the internet. You know, so like someone like the guest in my first episode, a guy named Chris can write, you're a piece of shit. And he in his mind is not thinking, oh my God, I hate this guy with everything I have. You know, he's, he's not, I think he, he was just firing off a message. There is this fairy tale we all tell ourselves where we classify other people on the internet as those people or you know I, you know these people yes. do this thing and and I think what I've found through making my podcast is the internet is this huge forest that has connected us all and we're all coming through the forest it's a dark and like, forest <laughs> yes yeah and but also a beautiful one I mean because yes. I kind of I, I, I really I refuse to just label the internet as this bad place. Like, oh no, I, yeah, I, I and, agree. And, yeah, with, I no, and I think we're in you. agreement. But do you not think that there's anything that people have in common who would just fire off a "you're a piece of shit" uh, statement to, to people they've never met? Um, there's a certain impulsivity there, I would think. Yeah, or but I see the same impulsivity distress. within me. Of like, I I don't think I'd ever write someone a message like that but like I don't know maybe I'm just trying to like really go out on the empathy trail no, I, 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 and I think that's important the radical <laughs> yeah, empathy yeah. part how do you how do you empathize with these people when somebody writes you what's the worst thing that somebody's written you that you've that you've actually talked to the person about mm, I don't want to classify them in terms of worst or best I, I, I think I, you know I, I mean there are some people wrote things and didn't think it was going to be negative at all um, they didn't know that these things would be no like some of my guests wrote things that they just never thought I was ever going to read you know really yeah um, I think that's why did what, they bother doing it uh, I mean that's that's I think a question I like exploring what does one get out of it? I mean, sometimes there have been like moments of reflection at the end of the show where, and you know, someone said like, yeah, it's, it's a, this is a guest named Doug who, who said that he gets his anger out by writing a random thing to someone on the internet sometimes. So there's a piece of psychotherapy right there, right? Because if somebody says that, Mm -hmm. That that can actually lead to insight when you hear your own voice saying things. Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason I want to move these online conversations offline is that empathy can be harder in a text-only comment section. Empathy is, is, I would say, I don't want to say impossible. Nothing's impossible. But empathy is very difficult in a comment section. I think that is so, so important. Yeah. One of the people that I interviewed 
who ended up having a very close relationship with a relative who completely disagreed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things she had to apologize, she felt she had to apologize for, is the obnoxious thing she said on Facebook. Mm. You know, politically with mm-hmm. him. She got into all these fights about it. Yeah. And um, she felt terrible about it, ultimately, which I thought was one of the best things I ever heard, mm-hmm. to actually say, those things don't mean anything. I'm sorry I did that. I didn't really know who you were, and I didn't know how you were going to come through for me. Mm-hmm. And and that's like... That's human contact. Yeah, that's human contact. And I also think that that is... That's, that's what is part of the psychology of how we write and exist on the internet like we are disembodied from our internet avatars and with the keyboard we can say things that we would never say in real life and i i do i include myself not because i write negative or necessarily explosive things to people but like i do understand i can empathize with the psychology of like um, it's not quite real. I think we are learning how real the internet is. Meaning, I think as a species, mm. we are evolving mm. to understand. And that's what I see my podcast as, which is just like an accounting for that growing liminal space between who we are offline and who we are online. You're a real optimist, Dylan. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. particularly show our audience something about what's involved in empathizing with somebody whose ideas are in some ways anathema to you. Mm -hmm. To get to a human connection when somebody disagrees radically. That's the essence, and that is hard. Yeah, so... I mean, I I do it at home every day because my husband is Right, right. (laughs) So I, you know... What I really focus on in the show is trying to get to know my guests. And when I'm moderating conversations, Mm. which is now half of my episodes, is having them get to know each other, not not as a debate, not to debate each other, but simply to understand why each of them feels a certain way. Now... To so get how do there, you do that? That's what's so yeah. To get there, I often find it's asking why you feel a certain way, and not prove to me that yours is the right way, um, and that, uh, or yeah. or hearing about something you might share in common with someone often helps pave an inroad into a like well of empathy. One huge caveat. A well of empathy. I yeah. love that. But one huge caveat is on a lot of these conversations I'm 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 finding common ground with my guests. But I have a big caveat about common ground, which is that I I just don't want us to just too easily lean on this notion of we find common ground and that's it, the world is better. You know, it's it's just just because there is common ground doesn't immediately heal a politically divisive country. Mm-hmm. And but it opens your your ears to somebody else's position. I mean I'm thinking 
as an example, mm. um, one of the big issues that, that see I have with my husband and a lot of people on the right that I've lived with is that they're not pro-choice. And I have spent a lot of time trying to understand what, how can I, how can I see this thing that I feel so powerfully about? How can I see somebody who radically disagrees with that? as having a moral stance that's legitimate. That, that to me, is the hardest divide. I want to know that I can see that in somebody. Now, sometimes what I do is I think, okay, on this, there's no meeting of the minds. But I know other things about them mm-hmm. that are decent, are loving, are supportive. Mm-hmm. And I say, there's a part that I can't agree with, but there are other parts that I'm going to seek. That's where I mean common ground. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to understand everything or accept everything. Yeah. Maybe common ground isn't the exact right word. Maybe we need it. Maybe we need I think another we word. do. I think like... Shared humanity? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the big thing I say on my podcast is the idea that empathy is not endorsement. You know, the idea that... Um, empathizing with someone you profoundly disagree with does not mean that you have to suddenly compromise your own deeply held beliefs and support theirs. That is incredibly important because I think some people resist even attempting to empathize with somebody whose beliefs are anathema to them because they feel that it would somehow be giving in. And and I don't think that's recognized enough. Yeah. What you said that I can see you as a human being and disagree a lot. I mean, I do have some trouble with some people. For instance, our president. I do have some trouble. And I think but that, it's an but effort that's, that's worth making to have trouble with people. It's an effort that's worth making. I mean, also, of course, everyone, both sides need to be making that effort. No, I agree. But I think for ourselves, yeah. if as you're showing in what you're yeah. doing, when you come to somebody with that, it encourages them to do the same, and that is something that can break this us versus them thing um particularly say in a marriage yeah. or in you know when with close friends uh not just people who are strangers and say horrible things about you but that you can the effort to empathize um inside oneself is always valuable for yourself mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where what the person disagrees about if you can go to them to some degree if, if you if you can mm-hmm. and if you feel it's worth it which it also yeah. not, not necessarily is but I mean the big the the asterisk that <laughs> I always have to put on having these conversations is what I'm working on is not a prescription for activism you know I, I am not saying that everyone should put down their oh a protest sign and pick up the phone and the world will be healed but but it's but it is because there are some people who feel so marginalized that they very understandably don't feel that they even have the energy to access this well of empathy Mm -hmm. and that's the part that's the like element of privilege that i try and talk about Mm -hmm. which is like i believe in what i'm doing i love what i'm doing I have a great love for my guests, all of them, actually. But I still have to acknowledge that I am 
privileged just to have the energy to have these conversations when so many people are have to leave the internet because of the abuse that they've suffered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that some people are going to leave it. Let, let me ask you one more question mm-hmm. um, to, that, that may be of, of some literal practical help for people who are struggling in a relationship mm-hmm. where they just can't make contact with the other person or they feel really despair mm-hmm. about it. Um, are there things that you see when you're talking to somebody that you disagree with that a person should or shouldn't do or say or not say? God, it's it, the only reason I'm having trouble summing this up is that it's been so different for each call. Each person. Um, well, but you know, I think there are probably, there's probably common things that you do, I hear in your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, without, no matter what you're saying, there's a kind of tone of speak, I'm listening, mm-hmm. you know, which is essential. Mm-hmm. You may not even know it. Mm. I mean, you may not even know that that's how you're coming across, but I think mm. it is. And this is so uncommon in these, in these crazy fights that go on yeah. for decades. People don't want to know what the other person thinks or feels. Yeah. So oh, that's, 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 you just said the magic word, which is the importance of feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think accounting for what someone feels, which is an element that is not only forgotten, but actively ignored for the preference of so-called facts, right? Like this idea there's a there's of course a a tagline a notion floating around of um you know facts don't care about your feelings and that is mm. a sentiment that is useful i suppose in some discussions um but but we do have to account for people's feelings. Not for getting through to people. That yeah. It's not relevant yeah, there. right. And so... Because feelings do affect how we think about facts. Feelings affect everything, and feelings affect what facts we choose to trust. No so, question. So, so feelings absolutely play a part, and I think feelings for too long have been sidelined as, you know, mushy stuff, as mm-hmm. feminine stuff, as the female, right? Like, and I, of course, you know... To be othered as a child, I was labeled too sensitive. And what does that mean when you're labeled too sensitive? That means you're too aware of, in touch with your feelings. You feel too much. And why is that bad? Well, because that's too effeminate. You are not meant to be that. Women are usually not accused of feeling too much. Yeah, but but they're accused because they feel too much. That's exactly it. Yeah. And so it's like, either way, it's like feelings are real, you know, and and if you feel something because of essentially a lifetime of research of being yourself, Mm -hmm. of being you in the field of the world, then it's a fact. That's the thing. And that's just harder to, for people to talk about who want to simplify that notion into the idea of like, well, I just stick to statistics. And it's like, okay, well, statistics are cold numbers, right? I'm... My work and statistics also should be said 
are absolutely valuable in right. talking about macro issues. I'm much more interested in the granular. And through my interest in the granular, have I been able to understand that I really do care about what people feel. I check in with my guests to see how they feel on the call. You know, like none of my guests, I, I, I always want to be careful not to feel like I'm trying to um, change them in any way because see, change that, is not going to happen in an hour-long phone call. Dylan, that is so important yeah. because change is not going to happen in a 50-year marriage either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Because one of the things, the real, the, the thesis of my whole book yeah. is forget about changing somebody. Yeah. Try listening. Yeah. Try communicating. Change is not what you're there to do to another person. If they change, it's not going to be because you want them to or you're going to try to make them. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that you've discovered through your work. And yeah. actually, what does change, paradoxically, when you stop trying to change somebody, yeah. is that there's not as much combat. Yeah. You know, you're human together. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I think yeah. we're both trying to, to, to show to help people do yeah and uh it's a thrilling thing when you can do it isn't it we're doing it yeah thanks for listening to i love you but i hate your politics and thanks to dylan Marin for joining me today if you have thoughts on this episode or have a political disagreement of your own you'd like to talk about email podcasts at mcmillan.com and if you're enjoying this show, please take a second to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really does help get the word out. I'm Dr. Jeannie Safer. See you next time.